Thanks, Corey, and um, happy New Year's to you. What we managed to do was we examined the extent in which debt has influenced growth, primarily in the region. And last time we had discussed about our model, which is called Asian capital development. Effectively, what that means is many of these countries in Asia go through different phases of growth. They go from agricultural focus growth, then into manufacturing growth and into um, the service sector growth. And what Asia managed to do post-World War II or post some of the central wars for many of these um, Asian countries was then orchestrate their growth through their big banks, their commercial banks, and influx credit into the overall system. Now, the ultimate benefactors of this have been companies. And this thesis is actually central to the very origin point of the growth of these countries. And what we wanted to do was to look at how an individual company can benefit from debt that has been increased onto their balance sheet. And what we went, managed to do was to take a look at which countries, based on a certain criteria, like a secret recipe that we use, and we can discuss a little bit more about that as well, which countries had uh, companies with the most amount of debt growth. And what we did is we managed to rebalance that portfolio on an annual basis. And when we do something like that, and we compare this performance relative to the benchmark indices of the country, and we compared it to the benchmark index of the region, such as the MSCI Asia index, we notice a substantial outperformance relative to all other markets. And the central idea behind this is that when countries initially or when a company is initially experiencing an influx of debt, you will start to see substantial outperformance in the stock, um, effectively a bull market. The, the key catalyst of a bull market or the key catalyst of helping demonstrate or prove why a particular asset or why a particular company should be valued higher uh, based on its ability to obtain debt. Is there another step to this where you can even look at maybe future policies of governments, of central banks to kind of determine maybe where this money is going to be flowing and try to get ahead of it? What we do in terms of understanding um, the directive of the state is we wrote a piece on One Row Research called Window Guidance. Effectively, window guidance is in an unofficial term that originated in Japan about how the state ultimately directs where the credit will go to. Now, that can be a little bit ambiguous because when you hear about like the overall aspirations of a state, it sounds wonderful. But I need to be a little bit more substantial about that kind of information. And what I do is then we look at banks and we try to examine their for example, annual reports or their quarterly reports to try to break down their composition of credit lending. And we try to listen to some of the rhetoric in which some of these commercial banks have. And say, for example, if they're saying that they're lending out to infrastructure companies, we would then look to understand if that's happening. And then we would maybe look at some listed infrastructure companies to see if they're obtaining that credit. And if they're able to obtain so at relatively lower interest rates or, you know, a good interest rates or prime rate, as you might call it, 
then we start to see substantial outperformance for a company of that nature, um, at least for a duration of maybe one, two to even three years. If you remember, like a business cycle could last on average, say, seven years. Then if you just say you divvy that up in half and you try to focus mostly on the easy money that could be made, that's kind of like what I'm looking at on a company by company basis. Hey, not a bad strategy, Peter. And I think there's two sides to this argument. One, understanding that this is true in, again, a number of companies and economies where the companies that get the cheapest debt, you know what, they can use that debt productively and outperform the rest of the competition. But then there's also the bears that talk about this can't go on forever. There has to be some cutoff point here where too much debt isn't good for the system and doesn't lead to more growth. What are your comments to them? On our website, we also have an article written about the marginal productivity of debt, which I think is a central component to this, this, um, this argument that we're making, which is not only are these companies obtaining debt, but we want to hopefully identify the ones that are allocating the capital as effectively as possible. Now, the, the thing is this, is there's a great book on a podcast I did with a gentleman named w William Thorndike. He writes a book called Outsiders. And the idea is that not all companies are excellent at allocating capital. Not all companies are great at M&A. So when a company is able to obtain debt, Hopefully it is not experiencing a massive erosion in terms of how it is using debt. And the metrics we would use for something like that would be called the marginal productivity of debt. For example, every dollar in debt that I'm getting um, is that generating me hopefully a dollar 25 cents or is it only generating me 30 cents? And that that monitoring allows one to understand which companies, which sectors, or which even countries are utilizing this debt as effectively as possible. And again, is like what you want to do is you need to monitor something like that in addition to the influx of debt. And then you want to take a look at maybe a historical track record, how these companies or how the sector has handled debt in a previous cycle. And what are some of the key conclusions that could be made? So I think all of that allows one to constantly be within a bull market because that's that's ultimately what we all want as investors, which is a secular uptrend, a secular bull market. And that is only made feasible through the influx of credit and debt uh, and also through basically managing the marginal productivity of debt and ensuring that you don't see a massive erosion of that or a massive erosion on uh, a metric such as the return on invested capital. 